Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. Praise the Lord. He is so faithful and good. This morning, I don't know where you're at, but this morning, if you need a touch from the Lord, if you need life in and through Him, He is there to give it to you. If you're struggling with your uh, emotional state, Maybe you're in a place where you just say, I don't know, can God do a work? Is God able to see me through? I want you to know this morning that he is. He is faithful. If we uh, think about all these uh, lives that were touched, that were mentioned this morning, before they met Jesus, the hopelessness, the darkness, the bondage, the affliction that they were in, they're probably at a place of wondering, will I ever get out of this? Can I ever get out of this? And to know that the God that was from all time past and Jesus who was there 2,000 years ago to minister to lives and hearts is the same God that is very real and present now to deal with the impossibilities of your life. To be able to change your state of heart, to change your state of mind, to change your place where you are at, your perspective, because the God that we serve is a mighty God. Hallelujah, I thank God for Jesus' death on the cross for us. And all of these events took place before Jesus went to the cross. And the life that we now have after the cross, there is a looking towards the cross, but we are looking back to the cross. And even as we celebrated Good Friday and we recognize that we need to cling to the cross, we need to embrace the cross, that where Jesus died, the, the suffering that he took upon himself for us is our sins upon himself so that we could have forgiveness of sins and that we could have life in him was wrought through his death. And I thank God that even as he was raised from the dead, we too have life in him. Hallelujah. Today, aren't you glad to be alive? Aren't you glad to be alive in him? Hallelujah. Praise God. We've been doing this series on Revive, and today I just want to entitle this uh, nine, ninth part already, uh, I'm Alive. I'm Alive. I'm Alive. Praise God. I'm Alive. Julie and I have uh, the privilege and the honor of, uh, of having a new life coming very shortly into our family with uh, Alicia and Brandon. Uh, and uh, Alicia's 37 weeks uh, done. And there's only a few weeks left. There's something about new life that's developing. And, and you can see, as you would look at a, a, a woman that is pregnant, a mother, and that life that is growing inside. And, and there's a, a, a visible aspect of the fact that it's gone from, from just a, a single cell that has been 
fertilized and life has begun with that to nine months later to life coming into existence into this world and it's amazing the 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 um, the beautiful thing of this new life that Jesus that God said hey I want for you to experience new life and we have the opportunity for those that have children we recognize the blessing of children in our lives there's life there's life in the blood and already this little baby that will come into this world in a very short period of time there is blood coursing through the body the blood the heart is already beating and there's blood that's that's nourishing every part every cell is receiving nourishment is receiving oxygen and already the things that that need to be removed from the body is is being taken by the blood and even as it's in the amniotic sac there's there's a removal of the things that uh, are of the carbon dioxide and and some of the, the the toxins or the byproducts of of that life that's happening is being removed by the blood as well and we know there's life we know there's life that's happening when we look at somebody that has passed away we've been to funerals we've been to uh, see those that uh, are laying in a casket and we recognize there's no more life there there's a body there's a shell but there's no life the spirit is gone today I want you to think back do you remember when you first came to the Lord do you remember the day that you first came to the Lord yes you were born physically you you maybe it was decades earlier that uh, you had come to to have life and and enter into this onto this planet and in this planet but do you remember the day that you gave your life to Jesus do you remember the new life that began the moment that you placed your faith in Jesus do you remember the change truly of perspective recognizing that something supernatural has taken place you were your sins all the things that would have been against you and were against you and were condemning you Jesus had taken it taken it on the cross when he died and even as you were dead in trespasses and sins as you placed your faith in Jesus Christ you were raised to new life in him praise God to go from a, a place of hopelessness to go to a place of hope to go from a place of darkness to go to a place of light to go from a place of death to go to a place of life life abundant life eternal 
full and vigorous in and through him. This morning, that we could say, praise God, thank you, Lord, that you have given me life, that we are alive in and in him. Today, as we celebrate this resurrection of Jesus Christ, what is our response? What is the response that we would make to his resurrection and to the life that we have in him? A number of weeks back, as we began the series, it was around one passage, very short passage that says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not by anything that we can do, not by our efforts, that the obstacle, and the, the, that which would be final, the finality of death, how can that be removed? And yet, as we place our faith in Jesus Christ, that obstacle is removed, this thing of death. In Ephesians 2, verse 4, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together. And he's made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. We've been given life. And we would recognize what is yet to come in Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ. And we've been raised up. We've been brought to life. We are a life, alive. So, with this life that we have, with the Spirit of God in us, with life in us, what do we do? Just a few things that are of necessity for life and for our lives before the Lord. We need to recognize the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to recognize his sacrifice. It needs to be first and foremost in our life daily. That daily we would take up the cross. Daily that we would remember what he did for us on the cross. That the power of what he did is within us. The spirit of God that raised him from the dead is in us. And there needs to be changes that take place in us, and truly they do, as we continue to keep our faith in Jesus Christ. Without his blood, without the Holy Spirit, there is no life. We are apart from God without God, but by faith in Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection, we have life. Let us remember the necessity of his sacrifice for us. We need to re recognize and re recall and remember the necessity of the Holy Spirit in our life, that breath of life in us. Try holding your breath. You know, for a few seconds, it's like, yeah, I can do that. You might be able to hold maybe for a minute or two or maybe even more. But there's something about the fact that we need to breathe. There's something about the oxygen that we need to continue on. We cannot live 
without that breath. If we stop breathing, we cannot live. The Holy Spirit is the breath of life in us. We heeded the Holy Spirit when he drew us to the Lord. We heeded the Holy Spirit when he convicted us, when he had us realize our state without him and without Jesus Christ. And so the Holy Spirit helped us to have life. In John 16, Jesus said, verse, in verse 7, he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, of judgment. You probably experienced the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you didn't know what it was, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit when you first came to the Lord. And so the conviction of the world of sin, will con he'll convict the, the world of sin and of righteousness of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me. And so there's a conviction because our faith is in something else. Before we came to Christ, our conviction... Uh, as it came, we recognized my faith needs to be in something different. There's a conviction of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. We're convicted of righteousness. We're convicted of, of the fact we were convicted before we came to Christ of the fact that we were sinners. We were not righteous before God. And then even the righteousness of Jesus Christ as it's compared to where we're at, even in, in the, the best that we could be, we, can, we recognize we fall short of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We need his righteousness and the conviction of the Holy Spirit that took place so that we could come to a recognition of I am not right before the Lord and I need to come to him. And of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The ruler of this world is judged. Paul, as he met with Jesus, as he was persecuting those that followed Jesus, even to the point of death, even to the point of, of as we read in Acts chapter 7, we read of, of the stoning of Steph, Stephen, Stephen, and we recognize the kind of man that Paul or Saul was. I like the song that was, was sung. I, I just need one touch. I just need one word from Jesus. And here as Saul met Jesus, he, he writes of this, or it's written in Acts chapter 26, verse 15. It says, Paul says, Who are you, Lord? Even as he would meet up with Jesus and he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people, as well as from the Gentiles, to whom I now send you, 
to open their eyes in, the or, in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me, to be made right, to be put into right standing before Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit did a work on Saul's heart in one instance as there was a meeting up with Jesus Christ. There is a work done in your life in one instant as you came and you faced Jesus Christ, as the Holy Spirit drew you to Christ, as the Holy Spirit allowed for you to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is necessary for us to come to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is necessary for us to have salvation and to think the moment that we give our life to the Lord, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. I pray that there would be an overflow of the Spirit of God that has given us life, that there would be an overflow in our lives of the Spirit of God. I want to turn to 2 Kings chapter 2 from verse 1. And we have an interesting story being told. And I, I just find it amazing, these two men, two men that are, are having moments of time before one of them would leave the planet. And there's this, this interaction that takes place over the course of this day between Elijah the prophet and the one that was following him, Elisha. And Elisha would have been with Elijah for a number of years at this point. And there's something that Elisha wants from Elijah. There is something that he desperately desires. And this morning, that you would desire the same thing. That you and I would desire the same thing. Let me just read to you quickly from this passage. 2 Kings chapter 2 from verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind. That Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here please. For the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. Stay here, Elisha. I'm, I have to go on to Bethel, but stay here. Listen to Elisha's response. Elijah said, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, as you still have breath, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? It seemed like everybody knew. This was the day that the master, Elijah, would no longer be. 
And Elijah responds, yes, I know. Keep silent. I don't, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear about the fact that this man who I've spent all this time with for the last 10 years and been with him pretty well 24-7, I don't want to hear that he's leaving. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. Don't, don't talk about this. And Elijah said to him, stay here. Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on, and 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, and he rolled it up, and he struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Can you imagine the, the water of the Jordan sort of backing up on one side, the other side just continuing to flow and, and ebb away. And they walked across on dry ground. The power that was upon Elijah, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask. See, this is, this is the importance of persistence. This is the importance of persisting with the Lord. To persist. To not be distracted by anything. To, to, to recognize what is important. So often we get tied up with the things of life and we're distracted by things. And God is saying, I have something for you. In fact, it's not just something for you, but I have someone for you. That the Spirit of God would rest upon you, not just be in your life, but there would be so much more. And so here now, Elijah is saying, ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? I just want, want to make note, if he would have not persisted, he would not have received what would, would take place in the next few moments. He would not have received it. And so often we, we in our distractions, and even in the, the things of life, we miss out on what God desires to do, not just on us. He's done a work of salvation. He's done a work of change in you. But he desires to do a work through you through you. He desires for us to be able to touch other people's lives just as he did 
We, we heard this morning the remnants of the resurrection. The number of people that Jesus touched even before he went to the cross. That we would impact others. And so Elisha said to Elijah, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He's saying, whatever is that spirit, the spirit of God that is upon you, I want a double portion. I want a double portion of what is upon you, the spirit of God upon you. I want double. That there would be a persistence in our life when it comes to the Holy Spirit and the things of the spirit of God in us. And through us, a double portion. So he said, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, if you see me with your natural eyes, when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. If you don't see me, you will not receive a double portion. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. I want to say to you, the heart of God is for the spirit of God upon you. And for here the heart of God, this was not so much... Elijah, for Elijah to give, but as, as it was for God to give. And so God's heart was, Elisha, I like what you are desiring. I like what you are thirsting for. I like what you are hungering for, and you are persistent for, and you are seeking after. You're asking for it. You're seeking for it. You're, you're knocking and persisting that the door would be open. Let the door be opened. And the Lord desires the same thing in us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that that same spirit would be upon us. A double portion. Let me have more than what is just within me. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That we would be, we are filled with the Holy Spirit this temple is full when you give your life to Jesus. But that we would have more. And the heart of God is to say yes when we ask of him, of the spirit of God. And Elisha sighed and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more and he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them into two pieces he also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elijah crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. The spirit of God is upon Elisha, a double portion. They didn't know at that point 
what Elisha had asked for. But Elisha did twice the amount of Elijah. Twice the miracles, twice the impact that Elijah had, Elisha had because of the spirit of God that was upon him. And I would say to you at this time that you would be persistent, that you would not be distracted by the things of this world, by the things of your own desires, or say, I need this, I need that, but that you would desire the things of God, that you would desire the Spirit of God, the, a double portion of the Spirit of God. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The one that raised Jesus from the dead has given you life as well. And the spirit of God dwells in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But Elisha was not content. I want a double portion. I want to say something regarding an overflow of the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus, when he began his ministry 2,000 years ago, there was an impacting as soon as the Spirit of God came upon him, there was immediately and impacting in the supernatural. Because even as, well, let me read. It says, it came to pass in those days that Jesus, this is Mark 1, verse 9, that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John, that's John the Baptist, in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So here we hear this voice from heaven, the father, saying, I am well pleased in you. And the spirit of God descending on Jesus like a dove in gentleness coming upon Jesus. The next verses talk about Jesus being led by the spirit into the wilderness for 40 days where he came face-to-face -face with Satan. And there was this temptation that would come, temptations that would come against Jesus over the course of these 40 days. I want you to know today that we need the Holy Spirit and an overflow of the Spirit of God in our lives if we truly want to impact others. That it would not just be contained for myself, the Spirit of God, I have the Spirit of God within me, but it would not, that the Holy Spirit would not be contained to just me and what is for me, but that there would be an overflow. In fact, it was the Holy Spirit, it wasn't a double portion of the Spirit of God or a triple portion or a quadruple portion of the Spirit of God on Jesus Christ, but it was a continual flow of the Holy Spirit without measure. Listen, if you want life, if you want life, we need the Holy Spirit in our life. We need to have life in and through Jesus. But if we want to impact others with life, just like these that were spoken of, that were sung of, 
a few moments ago, they had life given to them. My heart is, Lord, let there be a flow, a continual flow through me. It says in John 3, verse 34, for he whom God has sent, Jesus, speaks the words of God. For God does not give the spirit by measure. This is John the Baptist. If you read the, the scriptures leading up to it, he was saying, his disciples were saying, hey, there are, there are so many that are following Jesus. So John the Baptist's disciples were saying, hey, what's, what's, what's happening here? There's, they're going after Jesus. And John the Baptist says, he must increase. I must decrease. The spirit that is upon Jesus is without measure. There is no limitation of the power of the spirit of God that was on Jesus. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. And he, he who believes in the son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. That there would be an overflow of the spirit of God in our lives. It's one thing to have a vessel filled. But to have an overflow. You know, you, you, you've turned the tap on. I have a Brita jug. And you, you're only supposed to fill it so far, and I, I'm always doing more than one thing at once. So I'll go turn the, the water on. I flip the lid up, and, and it's filling up, and I'm doing a few other things. And it's like I need to get back and turn it off so it doesn't overflow. That's not what God wants, that it's just our vessel that is filled but that there would be a continual overflow and an outpouring from us because it is the spirit of God, a spirit of life that comes from the spirit of God. And even as we would share the good news of Jesus Christ because the spirit is all about pointing to Jesus. And even as we would in the power of the Holy Spirit and that overflow just flowing from us, it will impact those that we are with. Life coming from us. Rivers of living water. This is Jesus now in John 7, verse 37. It says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water from our heart. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Rivers of living water flowing from us, life flowing from us. In Romans 8, verse 9, it says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have a Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. 
Hallelujah. Let me read again. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness, Jesus' righteousness. And there's life in us. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Life. We have life in Jesus' name. Before Jesus left this planet, he gave an instruction to his disciples. He said, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. This is what was supposed to happen. And Jesus, at this point, was crucified, and he rose from the dead on the third day. And he said, that, and that repentance and remission of sins should be, should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So the Christ, let there be a preaching of repentance and remission of sins. Your sins can be taken care of. Us, care of, of. The things that separate us from God taken care of. We can be washed clean. We can be cleansed by his blood. And so there is a remission of sins. There's nothing that is condemning us. There is nothing that is against us because it's been taken care of by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that this would be preached in his name, that there would be the gospel preached in the name of Jesus to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. You saw my death. You, you experience now my resurrection. I'm talking to you. But he said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. That we would not just declare the good news of Jesus Christ without the power of the Holy Spirit, but that there would be a declaring of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit as this, the, the rivers of life flow from us and the seed, the seed of the gospel is germinated by that, that flow, that water, every seed. If there is no water, a seed cannot and will not germinate. You need water. I don't know about you. Remember those days when you're in elementary school and you, you had science and you, you, you put the, the bean seeds in the glass jar and you, you stuffed it with whatever. All you needed was paper or, or a sponge or whatever. You didn't even need any soil. All the nutrients were in the seed ready to bring life. All it needed was water. And as the, the, the seed received the water, there's a germination that takes place to bring life. And you can see the roots starting to come down and then the sprout coming up on this, this new life that was dormant is now there coming to life, a flow of the Spirit of God from us as we would share the gospel. Elisha, I want a double portion we would say, I want the spirit without measure. 
let there be rivers of life flowing from us. And even all, you know what? Even as, we, as that spirit flows through us and the river flows from us, oftentimes we don't even have to say anything and others will already begin to know there's something different about you. There is something different about you. And so they see it in who we are. They see it in our lives. And when we speak, there's an opportunity for them to take that seed, the word of God, the good news of Jesus Christ, and for there to have life come. We need, listen, folks, I've been saying this for a number of years, and I say it with even more intensity at this time. Jesus is coming soon. And we need to reach out to those that we love, those that are, are distant from God, those that, that, that are relatives, friends, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, whoever it may be, that we would be bringing life to them before the return of the Lord, before the trumpet sounds and we are caught up to be with him, that we would persist Nothing distracting. I want to be effective in bringing in a harvest. I want to see others, those that I know, those that I care for, those that I love, let them know about Jesus, that they would see Jesus in me and that they would hear of Jesus in me and let there be life come to them. You know, we would be persistent, nothing distracting. It's interesting what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He talks about persistence. He said to his disciples, Luke 11, chapter, five, or chapter 11, verse 5, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Hey, don't trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Basically, get lost. Come on. Don't you, don't you see the hour? This is late. You're knocking on my door. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, he might be able to slough off a friend, but if the friend persists, saying, I'm not accepting, no, I need, I need something, I need bread, I need bread to, to give to others. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock. And it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for a bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Dad, can I have some bread? Here's a stone. Absolutely not. If our children are hungry, hey, when are we eating? Yeah, let's eat now. Let's eat right now. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, 
being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Hallelujah, hallelujah. That we would persist. The promise, the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. Not just any Father, we're talking our Father in heaven. And so you've been given life and salvation. Lord, I need an overflow of your Spirit not just a double portion, the Spirit of God without measure. I need the Spirit of God without measure. We ask the Father that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one that just wants to immerse us in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to ask, and I know this was not... decided but you know that last song that you guys sang can you can you come and sing it again if I could have you just come and I'll attempt to move this over for you when they're finished I want to pray the prayer that Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 1 I want to pray that prayer I want to pray it over you and just as you're getting ready, is there anybody here? Maybe you are not where you should be at. Maybe you haven't even given your life to the Lord. And I'm praying that you will give your life to the Lord. Because if Jesus doesn't take care of your sins and come into your life, the that passes and sins. We're good. We're dead in trespasses and sins. It is our, the sin within us that would cause issue. We need to deal with the sin. The only thing that, deal, that can take care of the sin, it's not by you trying to, to say, well, I'm going to stop sinning, and that's good. And I, I'm, I'm going to be a good person, and that's good. But the, the stain and the consequences of sin in your life has caused to be put alive or brought to life. And so even as we would confess, says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And even if we would, as we would confess that Jesus Christ died for us, that he rose again on the third day, even as he rose to life, even as we would believe on him, and we confess with our mouth, we can have salvation to be saved from our sins. And as we receive Jesus into our life and our, into our lives, it says, as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, even to those that believe in his name, that you believe on the name of Jesus. So this morning, if you're here and you are in that place, or maybe you've wandered away and you know I am not in the right place and I need to come back to Jesus, we could pray this prayer together to have life, that there would be an overflow of the Holy Spirit from us. Not just in us, but flowing from us to bring life to others. Let there be an overflow.
So let's just, if we could, just pray together. Maybe there's somebody here that has strayed, or maybe you're just, you're caught up, you're distracted with the things of life, and you've moved far from the Lord, and here you are this morning, you are here. I want you to know you're not here by chance, but God is saying, I want to give you life. I want to give you forgiveness of sins. I want to give you a new perspective. I want, I want to give you fullness of life. I want to give you hope. I want to give you an eternity. This morning, that you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart who Jesus is and what he did for you so you can have life. So let's pray together, if we could. Lord Jesus, I am far from you. I am dead in trespasses and sins. But you are the one that gives life. I need life. You took all my sins upon yourself. And you died for me so that I could have life. You rose again. I believe that. I confess that. I ask you to come into my life. I make you Lord of my life. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let there be an overflow of your spirit from me, continual. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. As soon as they're finished, remain seated. I just I want to pray a prayer of blessing upon you. Love you. And God bless you. Hey, Lighthouse family, thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at LighthouseNiagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.